Hey there, welcome to the Collide podcast. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Collide. And one of my very favorite things that I get to do is sit down with people who are truly experiencing the living God showing up in their midst and doing incredibly powerful things. And today is no different. I got to spend time with Irina Loss, who phoned in all the way from Western Ukraine. She's the chief of staff of the Ukraine Partnership Foundation, and she shares really how she's experiencing God showing up on the front lines of the work her and her people are doing in their country that's in the middle of a war. And I know that you might be like me where you've heard a lot, you've read a lot, Um, But I'll tell you this, it's completely different to read the news uh, than it is to listen to this woman share her heart and the ways that God is showing up and truly helping the Ukrainian people in the midst of this war. So I'm going to hand this conversation to you and trust that there's a reason you and I are supposed to hear this woman's story. Irina, thank you so much for being here today and joining us from Western Ukraine. I'm really excited to be here and thank you for inviting me. Yes, I want to talk all about the Ukraine Partnership Foundation and what you do. Before we talk about that, though, for those that are listening today who either feel extremely removed or uninformed about what's going on in your country, can you let us in on what has been going on and how you're experiencing the current state of affairs? Yeah, uh, well, probably most people know that Ukraine has been in the midst of full-scale war for a very, very long time. It's almost two years. We are going to celebrate anniversary, the worst anniversary I would could ever imagine, but that's our reality. And I am Irina, and I am a chief of staff of Ukrainian Baptist Theological Seminary, which is situated in Lviv, Ukraine. Lviv is the western part of our country, which is relatively safer than other parts. And Ukraine Partnership Foundation is the, our like partner organization in the U.S. That is is our tremendous partner and help in within many many years. And um, when the war began, uh, we turned all uh, transformed our seminary, which is a very big theological school in Ukraine with more than 1,200 students, we turned our seminary into their humanitarian relief center. We stopped school for a while because we realized that we need to do something else now. We need to be with our people and serve them where they are. So on on February 24, 2022, we uh, turned all our classrooms into refugee rooms. We would... um, uh, except people coming daily. These were hundreds and hundreds of women, children, people from everywhere, all over the country coming to us. And we will feed them, give them um, 
housing, clothes, hygiene supplies, baby food, anything they need and take care of them. And we will also help people relocate to other countries because my city Lviv and is situated very close to to the border with Poland. So people would like to, we wanted to help people the best we can. And we would do this for at least three months until people were trying to escape our country and find some safe place. Within the first three months of the war, we would serve at least 10,000 people. And these were all our staff members from the seminary where I work with a group of volunteers. We would be here daily and trying to meet the needs of Ukrainians who are hurting and who need some help and support. Yeah. That's that's just crazy that you went from a seminary where you're there to study about the love of God and his love for people to having to completely switch over and actually actively participate in showing his love by serving the people in need, uh, your neighbors, your your friends, your family members. How have you known what to do and how to meet those needs? And also, how have you gotten the resources to be able to do that? Um. Our seminary, uh, like the president of UBTS and our uh, like team of directors, we have been uh, preparing for war. We didn't know when it's going to start, how, what is the scope of that is going to be, but we are, we knew that something is going to happen. And at least two months before, we have been praying about how we can transform our school into the resource to serve people. And we bought some uh, food in advance, some mattresses, fuel, and did some preparations. And we knew when the war begins, we are going to be the refugee center. And we would, we had a plan. We had the roles defined. So all of us gained new roles. I was not only the like chief of staff, I was the volunteer leader. And some others, team members, they were not just program directors. They became they knew that they are going to gain new responsibility. So when the war began, at very like it was really early morning, the president of the seminary Slavic called me, asked me to gather all our staff members, and we did. And we kind of decided, okay, now it, the war is here. We need to execute what what have we have been preparing for, and so we followed the plan. We remodeled the seminary, redesigned everything. And, but of course we cannot do that by ourselves because mm. we are, yeah, we are a seminary. We have 1,200 students and, but we have a really, really amazing network of churches and partners who have been praying for us, who have been helping us and supporting us. From the first day of war, we would receive really like dozens of text messages, emails, Slavik and I, we would have many, many Zoom calls with partners from US and you and Europe asking, how can we pray for you? How can we help? What kind of resources you need? How we can respond and be involved in this, what happened to your country? And we would do that together. We understand that it for us, it was not possible just to do it by on our own. We felt that we have a big church and Christian family all over the world. So together with prayer, support, resources, we would uh, create an environment for people in Ukraine to get help. So we launched this 
uh, refugee center. We also become a sort of humanitarian aid headquarters. We would get humanitarian aid from other countries and we would distribute it all over Ukraine. We have most of our students, they did not leave the country. They stayed in Ukraine and they did what we did. They become leaders of charity foundations, of different humanitarian aid organ like ministries, and they would start serving people who stayed in their village or town. And we would distribute uh, humanitarian aid all over the country because they, our students were there who needed our help. And we were like a sort of humanitarian aid logistics hub. We did it for a while. And then we realized that there is new stage of war, new, there are new need, meet, needs that we should meet. And we uh, established a new model of serving people, This, which is the We Care Center network that we have now. We are back to school again because uh, most of our students, as I say, they stayed in the country and they need to know how to serve people now in the relative war and how to be effective in their leadership. So we are seminar again, but we also are a network of We Care Centers at the same time. So what do you think, because this is an incredible story, what do you think God was doing, reading in your hearts before the war started? What were you studying about him? What was happening in the hearts of the students that mm -hmm. God was almost preparing in them to then be able to send them to all different parts of your country so that they could be ready to serve people in need when they needed it most? Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that we as seminary staff and seminary students are very, very blessed. Um, and God is good to us. We, uh, the core of the seminary, the core of our curriculum is um, how is um, application focus? How can you apply what you learn? How you should use theology in your everyday life? And we, um, our students, they have a lot, a lot of uh, like very meaningful classes. They study about God. They have Old Testament, New Testament. They have different theology classes, hermeneutics, and many, many very important things. This is the foundation for their faith. They also have a lot of leadership classes and how to execute what they learn, how to lead with passion, with vision, how to uh, make sure that uh, your what you know should be implemented and there will be a blessing and impact in your community. Well, we at the seminar, we have values, which is, means being biblical, missional and accountable. And these are values for students and for staff with the same standards, the same uh, environment, the same attitude to life and what you have been entrusted with, with God. And when I talk about being biblical, it means love God and love your neighbor. Missional, it means take care of not only about yourself inside of your church or your like your environment, but take care of others. And accountable means take responsibility for what have God has given you and do something with it, with love and passion. And we have been talking about that for years with students, with staff, 
during classes, during mentoring meetings, during coaching meetings. And I believe that this has been a sort of school and preparation why staff and students wanted to do something good for people that were hurting because these were executing values in action, like executing faith in action. And another thing that our seminary, we do not exist for ourselves. We exist for the good of local church. That was our intentional choice. In our vision, we have church that is growing through baptism and discipleship. We, the seminary does not exist for the sake of the seminary. We are in like a platform, like an instrument to help students then come to us to be effective leaders in their local church in accordance with their like ministry and their spiritual gifts. That was our DNA for years. And I believe that probably that helped students and staff to help and do something good for people that were hurting when the war began. Absolutely. Well, and I love how you talk about loving God and loving neighbor. And in a lot of ways, people have a hard time doing that outside of war. In in everyday life, people have a hard time doing it. And here, you guys are doing it in the midst of war instead of each person going into um, taking care of self only Mm -hmm. and preserving self. You are talking about your whole school activating that faith and saying, how can we show the love of God to our neighbor in the midst of this terrible circumstance? So I just think it's absolutely incredible what you guys are doing. Thank you. Did you know that you can support Collide by shopping at our store? Collide has a beautifully curated store where you can shop pretty things and support the work of Collide while you're at it. It's really a win-win. From Collide Bible studies and sweatshirts to candles, journals, jewelry, home decor, and more, it's the perfect place to grab a gift for someone you love or pick up something special for yourself. So hop over to our website at wecollide.net slash store to start shopping. And as a special thank you to our podcast listeners, check out the show notes for an exclusive offer. So you're two years into this. And as you mentioned, this is the worst anniversary you could ever celebrate or mark. And I'm curious how people's uh, hope is doing. Are people giving up hope? Are they feeling like this war is going to last forever? Is there a sense where people are just exhausted? How would you define sort of the current um, status of your people? Um, If we talk about Ukrainians and like our nation overall, yeah, people are like, we experience both it's like ambiguity i would say because people do want to win and they do everything they can to win the war we see a lot of beautiful things that happen among churches because they still serve people they still open their doors when the since the first day of war they transformed their church church buildings into refugee centers and started serving people many churches still do that and this is wonderful a lot of wonderful volunteer organizations emerged and 
they are doing very very good work for i mean for people and um many ukrainians like even not many all ukrainians still believe that we are going to win the war and they want to contribute to that at the same time we feel tired and we feel exhausted because it's it's a long time and a lot of pain and misery happening and a lot of people die and many church members die we are many church people are at war and they are follow the law and they just protect their country there is a lot a lot of pain going on really and uh but at the same time what i see among uh, like our students our like staff members we are still on the way just to we understand that god we gave us a unique chance to serve our people to serve ukraine to serve our nation and we have a unique chance to say that church is with people church wants to be wants to meet the needs of people church has a chance to establish a very powerful voice in the society and we see that more and more people they trust church now and see that the christians they're not saying good things they're doing good things because they love god many many ukrainians are open to hear the gospel since the first day of war this is another we call it like miracle or some like beauty in the midst of awful uh things ugliness of war people want to hear about god and churches volunteers many many our students and staff members who do who serve during war they had opportunities to have gospel conversations and share faith with people so it's 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 there is no simple answer to this question there is a big complexity that is in the air on the one hand there is a lot of hope on the other hand there is a lot of exhaustion let's say but um we should kind of look at this as an opportunity we as a christians i mean and understand that we need to i don't know not give up and think about how we can serve our nation and how we can um you know make church a very important uh, institution among ukrainian Ukrainians and like our nation overall, I mean, for the next generations. I love that that's your heart to make the most of this opportunity. And I'm curious as you do that, what are the obstacles that you and your team are facing? What do you need in order to make the most of this opportunity? And how can people help? Um, we have really we have a lot of passion how to help people in who are hurting in our country and we have a lot of we have a big vision and have a lot of uh ideas and we would we really uh be excited if church all over the world uh could continue to help us and enable us to serve our nation what i mean by that when the war began we are within a few months, we launched what we call We Care Centers all over the country. We have 17 We Care Centers in 17 cities of Ukraine now. These are centers who, have, this is like a platform for interaction of different churches, 
uh, local government and NGOs in one city. And this center is a platform for a community, um, community impact, I would call it that way. And uh, this is um, all these centers, they serve more than 20,000 Ukrainians every month. These are men, women, children, families of military men, uh, widows of military men, really many, many children who are experiencing trauma and are hurting. And these are like poor people who are internally displaced now who had to move from the east of the country and now live in the west and just start their life from scratch. All the centers in 17 countries who are all over the Ukraine, they are meeting the humanitarian needs of people who are who still need food and clothes and some basic things for their life. They meet emotional needs of people. What I mean by that, that um, they, um, like many people are experienced trauma, not even many, all Ukrainians, like everyone. And we are trying to do counseling, Christian counseling at all the weaker centers. And we are now about to launch four big counseling centers all over the country who will serve in this particular area. They are also doing a lot of Bible studies and discipleship groups and because people need God, they need to hear the gospel. They need to have someone who will take care of them. So all of the centers, they kind of have this ministries at their platform. And they also do, um, um, what we call uh, like uh, events for in the city where like churches, NGOs, local government, they kind of combine their efforts and thinking about what their, their people in their village or in their town need, how they can respond to what the needs are uh, that are now and the needs that they're coming, how together as one organization not like one church but many churches organize how they can combine their efforts and become one platform for meeting those needs and it takes a lot of time and efforts and we really really need prayer support because these are 17 centers in one network and we do need um our, like resources for that as well to continue to serve ukrainians because Every month, as I said, it's twenty thousand people. Sometimes, and they we will not. We don't think that the, we will have less people to serve. We probably will have more people to serve and uh, help them where they are. Irina, can you talk to us a little bit about the differing needs in the differing cities? You mm -hmm. mentioned that. Um, we care set up in 17 different yes. cities for community impact. And it sounds like there's parts of uh, Ukraine that are experiencing way different experiences than other parts. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. Yes, Ukraine is different. It was very, very like different even before war. But now what we see, like, if we talk about the East and South, it's very damaged by war. And many territories were under occupation. Now, uh, some of them are liberated. And when you travel there, I've been to some of these places, you see that houses are destroyed, schools are destroyed. Uh, they do need uh, food and clothes and these basic things because mm -hmm. like there is, 
the infrastructure is damaged. Uh, everything is damaged. They need uh, someone to help fix their roof or, I don't know, fit, kind of do some remodeling their house because it's it was damaged during war. Now, and uh, actually, some of the we have a center, uh, weaker center in Drushkivka that is forty kilometers from the front line. Uh, it's not it's not very safe to live there, but it's because it's very close to the front line but there is no one there is there is no school there and our the team of our center they launched a christian school it has a bomb shelter it's like safe but there was no single school for kids in this town and they decided to respond to this need if we talk about Kharkiv region the same thing many territories were under occupation now they're liberated and they need like these basic things. They need, of course, humanitarian aid. They, need, they have a huge need in trauma care because going through occupation and now living with that, it's, it's incredibly difficult. I cannot even understand how, what, what these people feel and what they have been through. I can only experience their pain through talking to them and just hearing their stories. And uh, it's even painful to hear what they have been gone through. If we talk about the south of the country and, for example, Kherson, uh, that's also very close to the, like, Russian troops are not very far away from them. So the same thing, they need humanitarian aid, they need... Um, well, the same thing that in the east of the country, but all of the centers, everyone, they need gospel. They need the church who will take care of them. They need to someone who will pray, who will lead, uh, have a meaningful gospel conversation with them and take care of their soul. We have a lot, a lot of in, internally displaced people in the west of the country. West of the country where I live is safer, like much safer than south and east. And it's now millions of Ukrainians who left East and South. They are now either in Europe or they came back and they live in different cities in the West. And now people, they need to find, uh, they are starting their life from scratch. They try, they need to find a new job. They need to rent an apartment. They need to, very often, they need to learn new profession. Because in Western Ukraine, we don't have many plants and factories like in the east or south they need to learn new i don't know new job skills they need to live in new city and just they could and most of them many many of them they lost everything so they have these kind of challenges and uh in addition to helping them with humanitarian aid needs and trauma care we also do schools for them like retraining how to learn new profession how to find, a, I don't know, how to learn new skills and to live in this city, like, and start your life again. We also help them, them with documents and things like that because they have, many of them lost their documents when they were living, uh, they were air, like very like war damaged area and they are here and we help them to do the documents again and all this paperwork that is really like, difficult but this is the urgent need for them arena i'm curious if you can think of a few specific 
people or families that you've served where you can share a little bit about their circumstance and the way that your services at We Care impacted their lives? Mm-hmm. I have hundreds and dozens of stories like that, but I understand that we will run out of time talking about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I have one story to share. For example, it's uh, about Alina. Uh, uh, it's Alina is a she's a seminary student uh, at the Women Leadership Program, but she is also a core team member of the We Care Center in Ivano-Frankivsk. It's in the west of the country. Uh, they this center serves many internally displaced people, and what Alina did, she launched a suing. I don't know how to call it, like a sewing uh, factory for like a, for internally displaced women who came from Kharkiv region and many deoccupied territories. These ladies with her their families, they were escaping war, and they come to Ivano-Frankivsk. So Alina took care of them. She uh, like they provided Alina and her team. They provided with, with these ladies with things they needed. But they also learned, taught them new profession. She taught them how to sew clothes, how to do that from the very beginning. And she kind of um, created a team out of them. Now these ladies, they sew clothes for like poor people and they do also for military men who are at war. They need some warm clothes, they just they do this together and send it to the east of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And also one of these ladies, she um, decided to come back to the east of uh, the country, to Kharkiv region. And now she has a profession. Really, Alina trained her very well. And now this lady coming back to her town, she decided to to work there. And she now knows how to, she has a new job skill. And she already started doing that in her town. Of course, Alina prayed with these ladies, shared gospel with them, and created opportunities to share faith and love. And she didn't only meet their physical needs, like she also or emotional needs. She also helped them to start their life from scratch. That's what she did. And now one of these ladies kind of like in the East and she wants to do something, the same thing for women who stay there and live there. Very incredible. Very inspiring. We talk a lot around here about colliding with Jesus, this idea that we have this God with us who shows up in our midst. And he runs into our lives where we're at and shows his love and his care and his provision. And I'm curious because I don't just believe that uh, Jesus collides here where we are uh, in the Pacific Northwest in the United States, but he's also showing up and colliding with you and your people. When you think about Jesus showing up on the front lines What are some moments where you've really felt like, wow, God just showed up and met us right here? Um, There were a lot, maybe, yeah, maybe a lot stories like that. And um, first I remember um, 
Well, when the war began, just becoming a relief humanitarian aid relief center and serving ten thousands of people, for me it was a big miracle. And what um, and I really, really felt God's presence in this. I remember once I I had an interview. I was uh, and I was asked this question. So how are you? And uh, it was the two or one or two months after the war began. And I realized that through this ministry, I gained the sense of purpose and the sense of community. And I realized that God created that because there were these staff members, many volunteers, many churches and organizations involved helping us to serve people who are hurting, who came to us. And for me, it was really the presence of God. Another a uh, moment I remember it, it was when we launched a children daycare center uh, a few months ago. Through the, that, that is the ministry we do in Lviv, and this is for children. We did it on the platform of Lviv We Care Center. This is a platform for serving children who who are internally displaced. These are kids who are from very dysfunctional families. These are uh, kids from poor families who are like uh, parents are okay, but they're really poor and they cannot help provide for their families and kids do not have good education. And there are also um, like people uh, like we uh, every day, these kids come to this daycare center and they get hot meal, they get clothes and they have uh, someone who is sharing gospel with them, and they also have uh, tutors who help them with school. For me, seeing misery of kids is really painful. And, and, uh, and this is my really personal, like it's passion, how to help ch children who are the most vulnerable during war. And when we launched this day, like care center for kids, and we all these kids from very, I don't know, hard, difficult situations in life came to us, and we could take care of them. And for me, it was amazing. And there is a boy whose name is Maxim. He's in eight, but he doesn't read really. He's and our volunteers at the center, they kind of help. Uh, they they do like school with him like every day they learn they they want to uh, him to learn to read and we see progress in that already because this is an eight-year-old boy who doesn't read and this is not okay and um this is just i don't know the fresh miracle that was for me i understand that god is with us god gave us this idea and we could launch this center for, to serve kids and kind of give them hope and some something do something beautiful for them in the midst of all these ugly things that happen. Well, Irina, I think it's absolutely incredible how you and the staff at your school and the students have come together and and really rallied around what God was already preparing in your hearts 
to go and show the people in your country his love and his care in their greatest time of need. And I know there's people listening and we will be praying for you, but we also want to support you in other ways. And so what are some very practical things we can do? How can we uh, support you financially? Do you have a website where we can find out more mm-hmm. information so that we can be a people who don't just pray, but we also uh, take our belief that that God cares about you and Ukraine, and we actually put that into action. Thank you so much for for asking and for your willingness to help. Again, uh, for me, experiencing like big church family all over the like as as one big family is one of the miracles since the first day of war. I understand that I'm not alone. Our seminary is not alone. Our weaker center is not alone. So uh, we feel this financial and prayer support, and we believe that we can do what we can because we have this family all over the, uh, the world. So, and yeah, we are in, uh, would like to launch five counseling centers on the platform of our We Care centers that will serve adults and children who experience trauma. This is one of our goals, one of our dreams, and we are working hard to do this. Of course, all our centers, they still have a big need in humanitarian aid and uh, it's shoes, clothes, food. So the need is still great. And so we would be very grateful for that. Uh, we have uh, like mm, uh, we have a website. Yeah, I would be happy to share like where you can watch all the videos about we care centers, about uh, where they are, what they do, and we have a website. It's called Ukraine Partnership Foundation, where all of that is displayed. I would be happy to share. I would be happy to give uh, like my like work email and answer any questions we care centers this is like yeah so we have 17 of them in our country we still our seminaries the 1200 students who do ministries and who may, many of them are very involved in the work of we care centers and we do uh, many ministries for children and for um, we children need school supplies, so we have a lot of needs, and uh, we would be grateful for any help, any support, because we understand that the war is not something that is going to end soon. Probably, it's going to last, and we uh, will need to make sure that we will be able to serve people as much as we can, as long as we can. And we cannot do that without support. Well, Irina, you're truly an inspiration and we will be praying for you and supporting you. And I hope that the next time you and I talk, you are in much different circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can connect again and we will be in touch for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for for this meeting, for this 
new friendship. God bless. Well, friend, I, um, in some ways, uh, it can feel overwhelming to think about Irina and her people and the amount of need that they face. And yet look at her and the students at her school. They could easily become paralytic around the great need and not knowing where to start, but instead they have put their faith into action and they're actually doing something to serve their neighbors and their friends and their community and cities all across their country. It's absolutely inspiring. And I think in a lot of ways, it lends me to ask the question, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? And so my encouragement to you today is as you listen to this story, that you begin to ask not only how you can serve your neighbors, um, but is God asking you to be a part of helping this situation in Ukraine? I want to encourage you to check out the website upfmissions.org and find out more about this organization that Irina and her friends are a part of and consider if God is asking you to partner with them. I don't often, uh, you know, encourage people to go and give money to things, but I truly um, think that God is doing amazing things for these people, and they need the worldwide Capital C Church to partner with them. So friend, I hope that in the same way that God is showing up on the front lines in Ukraine, you see Him showing up on the front lines of your life. Keep colliding, and we'll catch you next week.